Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy Monday to you. It is April 27th, and on today's show, we're going to focus on the three areas that the Giants added draft capital to, those being the offensive line, the defensive backfield, and the linebackers. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through the list and kind of try to handicap for you what to expect at each position. Did they upgrade? Did they stay the same and whatnot? Now, keep in mind, of course, this is all on paper. We won't know until we actually see these guys get on the field, but we can certainly take a look at some things and and try to draw some early conclusions. So let's get right into it. And we're going to start with the offensive line where the Giants added three players Two tackles, Matt Part and first round pick Andrew Thomas and uh, interior offensive lineman Shane Lemieux. Now let's start with the offensive tackle class. This had to happen. The Giants had to take advantage of the fact that they were in the top five of the draft class uh, this year in the first round, that there was a rich offensive tackle group available for them to pick from. If the Giants had come out of this draft in the first round with that, without taking an offensive tackle, in all honesty, Dave Gettleman should have been fired on the spot. I mean, it was just too important and just too valuable um, to not come away with a draft pick that, at offensive tackle. So, of course, the Giants took Andrew Thomas, who of the big four, Tristan Wirfs, Jed Wills, and... Uh, Makai Batkin of Louisville, uh, Andrew Thomas was the safest of the picks. Um, he is a guy who should be able to step in as a day one starter and give the Giants some quality snaps. Now, what does that mean for the offensive line? If I'm the coaching staff, and I know Joe Judge, when he spoke to the media, he talked about that everybody was going to compete, everybody was going to cross train. I get all that. But if I'm the Giants, I don't waste time. I put uh, Andrew Thomas right there at left tackle right from day one. And I move Nate Solder, who for all intents and purposes, this is going to probably be his last year with the team. Um, Next year becomes a little bit more cost effective to cut him if the Giants so choose. But I would move Nate Solder over to the right side. I would have Cam Fleming. Um, who they signed as uh, a, as a swing tackle to one year contract, he would be uh, the swing tackle, my number one guy off the off the bench, and Matt Per, who potentially could be um, the right tackle of the future. I would spend the year getting him ready, you know, letting him build up his strength, working on some technique issues and and whatnot, and just getting him ready so that down the line. You will have an offensive tackle duo of Andrew Thomas on the left side and Pert on the right side. So I would not mess around. I would just get those kids ready. And, um, you know, obviously when it comes to um, offensive line play, you're going to have injuries. So I'm sure Andrew Thomas is going to have to take some snaps at right tackle. But again, I would keep him on the left side. I would not mess with moving him around, let him get fully comfortable, let him, you know, get a, get a feel for playing on that side. Now, 
obviously, you know, the old days where the left tackle was the premium position, I don't think you can necessarily make that argument anymore, especially since teams or opposing defenses like to move guys around from side to side. But still, I would not mess with with changing up the kids' landmarks and hand punches and, and whatnot, because flipping from side to side, contrary to what people think, is not an easy proposition. So let Andrew Thomas continue to get comfortable on that left side and put either, you know, Solder, if he's healthy or if he's not healthy, Cam Fleming on the other side while Pert is, is, uh, uh, works on his, his, um, technique and getting stronger and whatnot. Now let's talk about Shane Lemieux, who is listed as a an interior offensive lineman. Shane Lemieux played left guard in college for the Oregon Ducks. He potentially has um, future at center. The Giants have said that they are going to cross train the two of them, and just in scout, you know, looking at different scouting reports, Shane Lemieux does uh, does have some experience or some practice, I should say, practice experience working with center. He's been learning that. Um, is he the long-term answer at center? That I can't say right now. But for the time being, I think the Giants, what they are going to do at center is they're going to plug Spencer Pulley in there and let him be the starter. Now they're also talking about bringing back John Halapio. Great guy, love him to death, but John Halapio cannot start from this team again in uh, 2020. I've said this before, I'll say it again. You have a quarterback in Daniel Jones who last year had some issues with feeling the pass rush. You probably would be better off putting an experienced center, a guy who has done it multiple times, multiple years, as Spencer Pulley has in front of him versus a guy who, like Calipio, was still kind of inexperienced himself uh, last year when it came to uh, game time snaps. Because if you remember the year before, Jalapio only played in two games, or actually, I think one game, before suffering a season-ending ankle injury. And mental reps is one thing, but getting out there and doing it and recognizing things on the fly is quite another. And Spencer Pulley, if you remember, stepped in after John Greco, who initially was the center in that season, kind of flopped a little bit. And Spencer Pulley did a pretty good job. So I think the Giants, you know, they're, they're, they don't want to tip off what they're doing, but I, I really think that Spencer Pulley makes the most sense. Again, this gives them an opportunity if they want to train uh, Shane Lemieux to play center. And if they really want to bring back John Halapio, if he is healthy after recovering from uh, that torn Achilles injury that he suffered in the last game of the regular season last year, then so be it. I mean, I, I, I personally don't have a problem with that, although I would play Halapio more at guard than I would at center. And finally, this notion about Nick Gates playing center, I, I just don't see it, folks. He's six foot five. Um, tack, tackle is a possibility for him, but Nick Gates' best position, and, and I've spoken with him about this, you know, I said, you know, ideally, where would you want to play? Where do you think your best position is? And he's told me guard. Now, right now, the Giants don't have an opening at guard, you know, barring, of course, an injury. At that point, you would see Nick Gates. But down the line, should the Giants want to move on from Kevin Zeitler, um, if he becomes too expensive or, or his performance drops off a little bit or whatnot, um, then I could see um, 
I can definitely see the um, Giants plugging in Nick Gates at that spot. So, um, so yeah, that was, uh, you know, that's how I see the offensive line kind of shaking out a little bit. And um, we'll see what the Giants have planned for the um, for the offensive line right now, everything is being done virtually, so there's not going to be any mini camps or OTAs for us to see where guys are working. So it's going to be a little bit of a mystery, but eventually that will unveil itself. So, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the defensive backfield. So stay with us. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and we're kind of going through the Giants draft picks a little bit, the position groups. The Giants focus on three areas, linebacker, offensive line, defensive backfield. Not coincidentally, uh, those happen to be the three areas on the, the team the last couple of years where the Giants didn't have very good play. They, they struggled with those positions. So really not a surprise in retrospect that Dave Gettleman chose to go in that direction. So we talked about offensive line in the first segment. Let's turn our attention now to the defensive backfield. And in the defensive backfield, I got to start with Xavier McKinney, the safety. Now, for those of you who maybe don't remember, back in 2011, when the Giants won their last Super Bowl, they had a three safety set that was just lethal. It, I mean, this this set was was probably one of the keys to that defense. Since then, the Giants haven't been able to really feel that. They've attempted to, but they haven't had the results. And I think with Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers, and uh, potentially um, Julian Love, who who could play some sa- uh, safety there. Um, they could have that. They could have that again, you know. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I think the three safety set is going to be one of the staples of Patrick Graham's defense for the Giants. They're going to be able to rotate those guys around. So it's not going to be a case of, okay, you know, McKinney plays deep center field all the time and Peppers plays in the box. They're going to change up things. And you're going to finally see that, I think, that three safety set, like what we saw in 2011, which was so effective in the passing game. Now, here's another interesting um, scenario regarding the safeties. Jabril Peppers uh, is one of two players on the Giants that the team needs to make a decision regarding his rookie option. That decision needs to be made by next Monday. And I think the Giants are going to pick that option up. I think it makes sense. Now, the reason why I mention this is some people thought that McKinney is a potential replacement for Peppers if the Giants don't pick up that option. I don't think that's the case. I think the Giants ideally would like to run the three safety set, as I mentioned. And Jabril Peppers, you know, assuming he is healthy, because remember, he is coming back off that back injury. So assuming that back injury doesn't become an issue for him moving forward, I think the Giants really upgraded the middle of the field. And and I'm very much looking forward to seeing how they put all that together uh, regarding the um the, the play in the middle of the field where the Giants were just absolutely torched. I mean, how many times were they torched by tight ends, um, receivers hit in the middle of the field? I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but 
I'd have to take a look and see just how many of the touchdowns they gave up uh, to opposing passing games came from the middle of the field, from the safety spot. I I think it's pretty high. I think it's double digits. But again, I don't have it in front of me. But, um, you know, I think that's a position that the Giants have definitely looked to to upgrade. And uh, on, at least on paper, they have upgraded. Now, the two cornerbacks, Darnay Holmes and Chris Williamson, my guess is those two guys are going to compete more for the slot than they are for an outside position. I don't see the Giants, you know, suddenly reversing face on, uh, you know, DeAndre Baker, who they traded up to get, and who, by the way, played better as the season went on last year. Nor do I see them bumping um, James Bradbury, who they signed in the uh, the uh, offseason as a free agent. The guy, obviously, who I think is at most risk here is Sam Beal. Sam Beal is a guy the Giants, remember, a couple years ago took in the third round of the supplemental draft. The guy, unfortunately, has had trouble staying on the field. And that trouble extended into his second season last year, where he missed half the season because of a hamstring injury. And then I think he missed the final game because of something with his shoulder. Now, I've been saying all along, if you've been listening to me, I've been saying all along that the Giants slot position is a sneaky need. So Grant Haley, God bless him, he gave it his all, but he struggled. Um, They tried Corey Ballantyne in the slot. He wasn't really a good fit for that position. And uh, I think Julian Love might have a better skill set for that position, but you're going to see a mix there. And, and I think one of these two kids, Williamson and um, and Holmes, I think they're going to all factor in and, and we'll see how it mixes in. Either way, I don't think the Giants are going to keep more than six at, at that position with the sixth guy maybe being that safety slash uh, cornerback swing guy. So, and I think that's going to end up being uh, Julian Love as that guy. All right, folks, you are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trena. We are going to take our final break. And when we come back, we're going to talk linebackers. So stay with us. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trena here with you. And uh, coming up also this week, I'm going to try and get some of the other Locked on hosts to come on and talk specifically about the various draft picks that the Giants made over the weekend. So um, I'm working on that schedule now. And um, I know some of those those folks said they would come back. So once I have something of a schedule, I'll be able to share that with you. But uh, for the time being, let's go into segment three, which is we're going to take a quick look at the Giants linebackers that they added. Now, it's interesting. The thing that Dave Gettleman said in his uh, post-draft conference call with reporters is that it was all about adding speed. And let's think back for a moment. How many times did we see in the past giant linebackers who didn't have good sideline to sideline range, who left holes the size of a, you know, big enough for a Mack truck to get through um, in the middle of the field and who just could not keep up with running backs and, and tight ends who were getting to the second level. We saw that quite a lot, right? So no surprise here, but the Giants added um, three guys who can play uh, inside linebacker and a couple who can play outside. Um, The inside linebackers include Cam Brown, who can also play outside. 
they also added TJ Brunson, who is, uh, I believe, an inside linebacker, Tay Crowder, who can do inside and outside, and Carter Coughlin, who is an edge rusher. Now, right now, I think all four of those guys who were uh, sixth-slash-seventh-round picks are probably depth players. They're probably going to be spot players. I, I think the Giants, you know, a lot of people say, well, why didn't they add edge rushers? And, you know, I know I keep getting questions about Marcus Golden. Is he coming back? And the answer is no. I think that ship has sailed. The Giants, as I've kind of been saying all along, are going to look to manufacture the pass rush via scheme. And Dave Gettleman spoke about that, actually, uh, on the conference call with reporters. He talked about manufacturing that via scheme. Quite frankly, with this pass rush class, there really wasn't a lot of depth in this, in this class. I mean, there was Chase Young, and then there was kind of everybody else. And the Giants, as we all know, weren't realistically going to get a chance of getting Chase Young. So they've, they're they hoping, I think, for guys like O'Shane Zimenez and Lorenzo Carter and Kyler Fackrell to produce that pass rush. But it's not all going to be on them. The scheme is going to be such, at least this is based on what I know, I should say. The scheme or the idea behind the scheme is that the Giants are going to look to get their defensive backfield to cover a little better and a little longer because that was a problem. I mean, think back to the last couple of years and how many times we saw instances where the pass rush just missed getting home. And that was because the back end of the coverage just wasn't there. And and the Giants in going with the one of the strengths of the draft class went with the cornerbacks. But what they're going to probably do this year is they're going to look for that defensive line, which is probably still the strength of their defense right now, to get the push up front. Now, people look at Leonard Williams and they say, well, this guy's a waste. He only had a half a sack. Yeah, but you know what, folks? He also finished third on the team in total quarterback pressures. And that's in eight games, mind you. So Leonard Williams, who's currently on the franchise tag, he signed the franchise tag uh, before the draft, he's going to be a big part of that pass rush. Now, he might not necessarily get double-digit sacks, but if he can create opportunities for other guys to potentially sneak in there and get you know sacks or hits or whatnot, that's all they could ask for from him. That and, and obviously being stout against the run. So the Giants, you know, they've added speed guys who can shoot gaps. Um, now, some of these uh, linebackers that they've added in the draft, they're going to have to get a little stronger so that they don't get caught up in the wash when they, you know, when they come to the point of attack. But the whole idea is to get the front seven working in sync with the back seven or actually the linebackers and, and the defensive backs um, who are going to be asked to cover. So you're going to see a lot of multiple looks from Patrick Graham. You're going to see some instances where, you know, maybe certain players, certain linebackers are going to be asked to cover versus some guys who are just going to be pure downhill type runners. And that's how they're going to try and generate a pass rush. Now, will it work? Well, the Giants tried this very same tactic last year with James Betcher. 
and it did not work other than for Marcus Scolded. But here's the difference, folks. The Giants have a little better coaching staff than they did last year. They have better teachers, guys who are focused on explaining the the total concept so that the players kind of know not just their own roles, but how their role fits within each particular uh, play that is called in, by, uh, by Graham. So that's going to make a big difference. And it's just a matter now of the players grasping those concepts so that when they hit the field, they can play faster. And that's what the coaching staff is trying to accomplish. Now, will it work? Obviously, time will tell. You know, the Giants for a pass rush, they're going to need the back end of the defense to do their part and the front end to get off their blocks and into the backfield. So we will see if it works, if we, of course, have a season or any kind of practices at any at any rate. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, Dave Gettleman knocked this particular draft class out of the park. And again, time will tell. Even though we gave some grades to this class, to be fair, you have to wait to see what they have. And quite honestly, you know, I, I think the Giants have some good young talent here, but you have to see how they're going to be used and if they're going to be put in the best positions. And I think this coaching staff will do that. I don't think we will see very many times like we did last year where the coaching staff tried to jam a uh, square uh, a square peg into a round hole. So I'm optimistic, but uh, time will tell. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Patricia Trainer here with you. Make sure you keep it here on Locked on Giants all week. And I will have hopefully some of the other Locked On College hosts on the line with me to talk about these specific draft picks. So until then, have a great one.